Welcome to Behind the Fiction, the book lovers podcast, where we deliver interviews, insights, and ideas to passionate book lovers who want to stay in the stories they love. I'm Alexa Larberg, and this is episode 71 with Michael Anderley and Colleen Delaney, and we are discussing audiobooks, audiobook production, what that looks like, and how Colleen got involved with graphic audio to begin with. You're not going to want to miss this show. There is so much good information. I know you're going to love it. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to Behind the Fiction. I am super excited to be joined by Colleen Delaney, who is, if you have not heard the graphic audio production of uh, Death Becomes Her Yet, and you should have by now, but if you haven't, um, she is the voice behind that. She's the narrator of the story. She also has played a number of other roles in building it, and of course we have the author, quote unquote, the author, Michael Anderley, with us as well. So welcome. Both I, I of like you. that. We have Colleen Delaney. Oh, and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so Colleen, first, a little background. You are a traditionally trained actor. I, I, you know, I'm always fascinated by how people get into doing voice work. And you, you're a stage actor. True, true. I, I, um... I, I got a, a BFA in theater arts and I went right into stage work. Uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh and then I moved to the DC area and, um, and, and I had a pretty good career going and then I started a family and, um, you know, there were a number of things I was doing to support my career along the way, including, um, audiobook narration and, um, uh, the company that I was doing books for the blind, they had a contract with the Library of Congress. And then they also had this weird little side department that became graphic audio. And so um, I, I um, from the very beginning, I was doing voice acting for graphic audio. And when I, I knew I would be um, starting a family and the opportunity came around, uh, to join them as a director. Uh, I took it cause it made sense to have a salaried job. <laughs> and, and you are the director for death becomes her and presumably the entire Cartharian gambit series. What, what is the role of the director, uh, at graph graphic audio? Ah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a soup to nuts process. We take the novel and we adapt it into a script format. Um, we uh, select our cast. I record the cast. And uh, then I take their vocal files and I edit it down to just the takes that I want. And I take out the mouth noises and the, you know, the pauses and just use the takes that I want. And... Um, uh, the combination of those files and then the script that I've prepared for the sound designer that includes a lot of, um, you know, sound effects and maybe some music suggestions. Uh, they put it all together. And <laughs> so the sound designer is, um, you know, this enormous, often underlauded partner in the process. Um, I can't say enough. They just, they make such amazing magic happen. I, 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 I remember like the first time I got um, uh, um, the, the product to listen to my first book that a sound designer had had um, made for me. And I'm I just I was like giggling. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> like, I can't believe like 
I told him to do this and then this happened. Ooh, it was very thrilling. So that's, that's the process, you know, from adaptation, recording, directing, and then working with the sound designer to, uh, you know, make a piece that moves. Are you the talent agency as well? Are you the one who's selecting the talent for this? Because there are a lot of voices in this. True, true. Uh, we have a, um, a stable, if you will, of, of many um, voice actors. And so they're, uh, uh, we can choose from any of these people or, or, you know, we bring new people on all the time. So, yeah, I, I, I am my own casting agent. Yes. Okay, I want to interrupt real quick before Steve asks something else. Because when I listen to Death Becomes Her and I'm hearing these voices, my mind goes to, how many people are creating all of these voices? And since you're here and you can answer that, <laughs> about how many people were necessary to create Death Becomes Her? Well, I can tell you. I mean, hmm. I, what uh, are you I, looking at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my, 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 my desktop computer is right here, so I could pull up the cast list for book one. But... um. I guess uh, it, it, I could suffice it to say that, um, uh, you know, many of the lead characters only play their own character. Some of the smaller characters are double or triple cast, but only if it's like, you know, order number 41 is up. You know, we no. try not to overuse actors because we do have choices and, um, you know, we're able to make it work. Okay. Well, th that didn't answer the question. Nice, nice try. <laughs> I'm good, you know, I'm going to guess just from looking at the at the cast list is probably 15. Does that sound about right? Dude, I have no idea. Hang on. I'll, I'll yeah, tell so you. while she's looking, yeah. I'll go ahead and in intercept some of this because one of the things that I felt as an author in the beginning was the fact that I had no budget. I could and you know, I could easily go out and I did find a 300 million dollar yacht. And give it to Bethany Ann. And, and I'm giggling to myself, as I'll reuse Colleen's word, because I'm thinking, man, if a TV show or a movie place had to deal with this, what would they have to do, right? And, and yet, graphic audio doesn't have to do that either. However, however many the number is she's about to say, I'm like, wow, that was out of my ability to afford. <laughs> ha! Yes. We used, uh, aside from myself, we used 23 actors. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. So 24 altogether. That's, I was way off. One of the 24, though, is the original voice of Bethany Ann in the, in the traditional audiobook productions. And that's, that's a person that Michael hand-selected. Um, and we were so thrilled that you chose to have Emily Beresford be, the, be Bethany Ann in, in the series. And I, I have to tell you that for people who who have read the books you know about when Bethany Bethany Ann comes into the story and it's not immediately and I'm I'm out running and listening and I got chills when I heard when I heard Emily's voice as as Bethany Ann I was so excited by it um you mentioned the sound engineer and I believe or, or sound designer was is that Dave Fernandez True yes and and Dave, I don't know what all's involved in that, but I'm guessing that somehow it's matching music to mood to voices. There are things Michael's great as as an author at creating emotion, and when you pair that 
with the music that hits at just the right time, yeah. you know, scenes that you're expecting and you know, all right, I don't want to cry when I get to this scene. And then the music <laughs> hits and it's like, damn. Ah, <laughs> and this is, you've already read it. You've already listened to the audiobooks, yeah. And this is your third product. And it's still, it, and it, it happens. And, and the music, the ability to pair the music with, and that perfectly suits the mood. That's, is that, all Dave, or were you involved in that as well in, in selecting the music? Um, there were some things that I, um, well, this was the first book of the series. This is the first time Dave Fernandez and I partnered together. Um, so I did make a few suggestions in the script, like something like this or better. You know, if you find something better, that's cool. But like, this is the tone I'm thinking here, or this is a moment when you could choose, uh, you know, I'll say music and then I'll say, uh, you know, this is sad or like, you know, this person is crushed or, you know, this is funny or, um, dum, dum, dum. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> and then, um, because it's so fun and because it's so exciting, you know, at, when, um, I get his first version of the final product back to give him notes. There's sometimes I just can't keep my fingers out of it. And I'm like, yeah, but no, no, no. (laughs) Sometimes I'll get in there and, and dick around, but it's, it's mostly, mostly the designer's choice. Well, it, it, hearing all of this together and Michael, you've, you've told the story. You told it, just for people listening, we're recording this after we recorded a separate episode with just Colleen and, and Michael that was recorded for graphic audio. And I have to say that Colleen is a brilliant interviewer. She, she asked Michael questions that I've never heard him ask before. And uh, so you're, or if you ask have yourself. Not, yes, yes. <laughs> and so if we will put a link to that whenever that comes up, we'll put a link to that so that you can go and listen to that because you're going to want to. Um, but one of the things that Michael mentioned was how excited he was about the idea of a multicast production for this. So, Michael, can oh, you yes. kind of ex- express that oh. enthusiasm for this? I, I got into multicast recordings 20-something years ago. I mean, I had one of those little Rios that Audible used to give away back in the 90s. Um, that's how I could afford them, actually, was get an audio subscription and put the money to it. But anyway, going forward, so I have some of these and from time to time, I'd go back and listen to them. And to me, they're the pinnacle of audio listening. They are the, they're expensive to produce. They're hard to create. They take a cast of people and both a cast of people to do the, the acting, but it also takes a, a cast of people to actually build these. And LMBPN has an opportunity to work with graphic audio. So we see everybody, well, not everybody, but we see a big chunk of the people that are behind the scenes that have nothing and something to do with building this. And so I know it's a big production and I knew that we weren't going to do it. And I was really thankful. I never even tried because when I got the script from Colleen, I'm looking at this going, yeah, I don't have the talent for this. (laughs) I don't have the skill. (laughs) This is not me. You know, this is just whatever. And so, but when Judith, Oh, we were we were at a condo at that time, and I was facing. I was the kitchen was to the right. I'm facing in the hallway that goes to where my office is, and Judith is coming from that direction. And she puts up her hands and says, they're, "They've signed it," meaning Graphic Audio signed it. And I, I high ten her, 
And I'm thinking to myself, I am happier than if someone had just told me that we just got a movie deal. That means more to me than that. And so, you know, to me, this is the pinnacle of audio. It's what is my preferred listening to anything. Um, and then as I listen to what we were given to say, hey, are you okay with this? And it was a tight time frame. You know, Judith is like, we will get it back to you. And I'm like, oh, woman. <laughs> <laughs> you're a busy <laughs> because man. I'm, yeah, I'm like, oh, you're, you're committing me to this stuff. But but I listened to it and it, you know, 30 minutes into the first set, I'm like, never mind. Just send it to him. Tell him all good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it is so awesome. So I, I just, I felt really honored to hear a whole troop of individuals acting out this set of stories because it meant that they put their hearts and their thoughts into it. It was a unique feeling. Now there's, there's a phenomenon. Maybe it probably happens with all authors, but it seems to happen more with you, Michael, than, than maybe some others. And that is when a book is published about three and a half hours later, you start getting a question. What's that question? When's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was looking at the reviews for the audio book, and one of the things on, on the graphic audio website is, when's the next audio book coming out? Like, come on. One of them was, come on, Anderley. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, you're, I apparently like, you're getting the blame for this not being a weekly, <laughs> a weekly release schedule. <laughs> I'm nothing to do with this. Um, it is. It is such a, a fantastic story. I'm, yeah. And then you realize that it takes, like you had mentioned, what, 23, 24 total people to just narrate it. You're not going to get 23 to 24 people in, in a week to do all of the parts. At least I assume you don't. How many, how many weeks does it take? Uh, we have three weeks to record everyone. Still but before it gets fast. to that, you, you have to do your adaptation. <laughs> yeah, the adaptations prior to that. Yeah, so so, I mean, so let's talk about that. What what is an adaptation, and and how do you actually how do you go about that process? Uh, well, um, I take sort of a first read of it, um, and I I try to hold back because because um, it can get tempting to get too far into it, and and then it, it just it bogs me down. So I try to just. Um, put the um the character attributions in and take out the he saids and she saids first so at least i know you know how many characters we're talking about you know what what sort of uh characters we're looking for and then uh, when i get through my first read and i and it sort of looks like a script at that point then i go through and i try to um I, I'm putting in the notes for the sound designer, the sound effects, the um, the ambiences, uh, some music cues, um, uh, vocal notes. You know, some 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 voices need to be. Um, you know, like uh, fans will know that uh, Bethany Ann has a, a a passenger in her head, <laughs> uh, in the person of Tom, and. Um, uh, he needs to not sound like a person, so the designer needs to do a little something <laughs> like that. And she yeah, needs to talk to him in her head, so she can't sound like she's talking out loud. And, you know, if we're having a memory, then that needs to have a different sort of EQ to it. 
Um, and then, you know, what, it, you know, how much can I take out? Because although um, we respect authors and, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the craft they put into to making like the written book, um, it, 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 it would not be as dramatic uh, for the for our listeners to hear it if we read every word because I don't need to say the wind was blowing if we hear the wind blowing and I don't need to say she was sad if we hear the actor is sad so you know like how much can I take out and just like keep the train moving forward and how long does that process take because that seems like an inordinate amount of work to me to, to, to do all of that, and obviously you have a great deal of experience with it, but at the start of a new series, it just seems like a daunting task. And this is about a 67,000-word book, the first one is. So when you say the number, you're into what Steve is just suggesting is you don't know the characters, you don't know the backstory, you don't have any of this, mm-hmm. and you're really getting close to 70,000 words that you have to do. I've edited well, books. Holy crackerjacks, what is it taking? <laughs> well... I don't know. It's a little deceptive, like in terms of days and weeks, because I have to intersperse it with so many other things. But in my mind, I want to say, because we have to count for all of our time, I think my adaptation took about 80-ish hours. So it takes as long for you to edit and do an adaptation is basically what it takes to write it. For you to write, <laughs> how many hours authors can turn out a book in eighty hours? But okay. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that whenever I was saying, I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to come across well." It's probably okay because it's on the Behind the Fiction podcast, and people know and love you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh goodness," <laughs> but eighty. I mean, Cracker Jacks. That's a lot. That's ten days of work, eight hours a day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hats off. All right. And then, then you, you, you're sending out individual scripts because I, it's, it's easy to imagine a person of a certain age, like uh, if you've got white hair like I do or, or hair that's maybe turning a little bit like Michael's. We've been around for a while and we've seen, I don't know, in movies or things where they're recording radio productions and they're all these people in the same room doing all these things and there's a sound effect guy banging on something and people are talking into microphones. We imagine it's something like that. But the reality is everyone's in their own sound booth. They don't see the people that they're working with and they just get, I'm assuming, what do they get? Do they just get their own script or do they get the entire script and they start looking through it to to just find what they're saying? How does it work? Uh, They get the whole script. They get a cast list with a brief character description. Um, You know, of course, they're going to read their own lines. We hope the actors read enough around their own lines or maybe search for their name in the script to hear what other people say about them. Um, But at least enough to give them context and, um, you know, even if an actor is maybe less prepared than I wish they were, I'm there to give them, uh, you know, to put them in the, in the scene and they don't, they don't get to act with each other. They get to act with me. <laughs> That's so, true. Oh, I mean, so you're there live for every one of those recordings. They don't just get a script and then go do it and send it back to you. No, no, no. I have to, I have to direct them. Yeah. So it's not, they're not off on their own doing it. Um, Jim, the Christmas. (laughs) 
so we'll have a session um and uh you know if if i have an actor uh, who has um you know 10 lines in my book uh, in that session they might just then move on to one of my colleagues and record some lines in their book so we try to make the best use of an actor's time as we can but um you know i think my background in doing a ton of conventional audiobook narration is helpful because you know i can you know i can play a man or i can play you know uh i can do accents and i can you know try and uh, you know really give them something lively to play off of so if we were to say hey can you go ahead and give me a say a female parisian vampire at the moment oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know what is uh, 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 can i just say uh, and then you'll believe i'm french that works yes, that's uh, totally worked <laughs> Thank you and, for... <laughs> and people will recognize your voice as sort of the storyteller. You're the one that hold, you're the voice that holds the story together. And the technical term for that is the narrator, but in a traditional audiobook world, the narrator is the person who does everything. And in this case, you're sort of just in between the characters talking. Correct. Do you ever have this situation where you have the hat that's writing the script and the hat who's going to do the narrator and the two of them are arguing with what she should say? <laughs> are yeah, you good with sure it? I understand the question. I, so I guess no. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're the one, you're the one adapting the story. You have to then turn around and actually read all of it as well. So I was just curious, are those two hats ever in conflict? No, I mean, the adapter does the narrator a favor, you know, so if if you've written something and I feel like in my voice, it's just not going to sound right. I'm going to reword it as the adapter. So it sounds good coming out of my mouth. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> That's what it... Favoritism, favoritism. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the music in this. There is, as as people who listen to this podcast may know, or, or longtime fans of Catherian Gambit may know, there was a soundtrack that was started some time ago by Michael Anderley and Nick Thacker, and that has miraculously, bits of that have miraculously worked their way in into this production. So, Michael, can you talk for, for just a minute about how this soundtrack came to be and why in heaven's name, you thought it would be a good idea to have a soundtrack for a, a, a book series. Nick pitched myself, uh, M.D. Cooper, I want to say one other major author, uh, whose name I can't remember at the moment, back at 20 Books in November of 2018. And I jumped on it. Um, I had more money than sense at the time. And so uh, I said yes. Uh, it was, I thought, a very... Um, very fair price. And I didn't need it right away. So, you know, Nick couldn't do it right away. It was one of those things that he was going to get to over time, which was fine with me. Well, not getting to it over time meant two years. So um, that was a lot my fault, too. So we've been working on this, going back, going forth. And I just thought that it would be really cool to be able to have some music because I was an IT programmer at one time. And music that has no words behind it is can be something that allows me to just really focus and I thought, how cool would it be to be able to have my own thing? And you're talking about a, a person who went and was trained in order to be able to, to do composition, kind of a rare talent. He was a, a choir, uh, excuse me, a 
a music minister at a church um, at the time. And uh, so we, we went down and did it. It was a fantastic experience, but it had taken so long that we were just coming out of final edits where he would give it to me. I wouldn't see it again for a month, two. <laughs> um, and then I would get a hold of him, and he was off in Hawaii uh, at the time. And so we get this, and we're just about done when graphic audio is talking. And so, like I, you know, the whole fear of rejection thing I mentioned before, but I was like, um, I don't know whether or not you have any interest, but we have some audio for the book. <laughs> and so, you know, handed it over. I don't know, Colleen, if I gave it straight to you or if it went to somebody else or, um, it or went how. Into our, our, our Dropbox or whatever. Yeah. We have like a shared media repository so what yeah. what colleen what did you and the team think when the author is saying hey oh by the way we have a soundtrack for the series and Yahtzee. we'd like you to consider you did you think Yahtzee. that was awesome or did you think oh my gosh I, I i didn't even understand your hesitation it was like a little gift that showered down from the heavens yeah oh that's cool yeah <laughs> so and, the first time i hear it you know, what you'd mentioned in, in the other interview, which will be out in graphic audio, you should listen to it. It was fantastic because I spoke a whole lot. But going back through through that, you mentioned that you know you had to do some of this really subtlety because I am uh, I love aggressive music, and there are quite a few aggressive parts to that soundtrack, and so you had to lay it in there. And so the first time I'm listening to it, and I'm like, wait a minute. What am I hearing in the background? Because it, it wasn't in my ears, and I, I, it took me a second to recognize. And of course, I'm like, "Oh, wait, cool, that's in there." Yeah, yeah, very fun. So I don't know. Was there a question? <laughs> no, I, you you answered the question. The question the question would have been: Were you thinking, "Oh my gosh," or and, and you said it was like a, a gift floating down from the heavens? So yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So for for graphic audio, you've been working for graphic audio for quite some time. Uh, you you actually came out Started of something else that became graphic that evolved into graphic audio. Um, graphic audio has their own way of producing audiobooks, and you have been involved in how many for graphic audio? Because when I do a search on you at Audible, it's it goes on and on and on with uh, with graphic audio and and of course others as well. Uh, I, bro, uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds. I mean, I know we have um, a catalog of something teen hundred titles. Um, ah, I don't know. It would be impossible for me to guess. I don't know. I don't know. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. <laughs> and and do you always play the same role, or or are you sometimes talent, sometimes director, sometimes narrator? So um, I I narrate the titles that I adapt and direct, and then for the for my colleagues, they're free to cast me as whatever. So I've you know I've played lead roles, I've played small roles, I've played children, I've played Parisian uh, vampires. <laughs> That's coming. What are you getting at? <laughs> we could do a short story. <laughs> well, you haven't seen Gabrielle yet, have you? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm only able to read like about a book ahead, so I'm like way behind the fans here. Um, 
the prizes are rolling out. <laughs> so you are where right now with uh, so you're on are you on book 2 Queen Bitch? I am like I've already rounded third on recording. Well, no, I can't say that because I haven't recorded Emily yet. So I'm about three quarters done with the voice actors uh, for book two. And I am on my sort of second pass of ad- you know, reading and adapting um, book three. So let's let's set expectations for the fans and, and let's consider me one of them. Because as soon as I got done with the first book, I'm like, oh, man, when's the next one coming out? So what, from a from a production standpoint, do, do you can you set expectations for for listeners? Sure. I, I know it's a November title. Um, I don't I don't know if I have a like, let me see if there's a due date for it. yet. I don't know. Uh, dang it. Uh, nope. Nope. I don't have a due date yet, but I know it's a November title. So sometime in November, it will go on sale at Graphic Audio. And then sometime after that, it will go on sale at other audiobook sales. So the, what I'm hearing you say is if you really enjoy this, Steve, get on Graphic Audio site, sign up. Because it will be there for a month before you can get it anywhere else. Yes, and, yep. and there are other reasons to 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 buy from Graphic Audio Direct. And Colleen, can you share the most important of those reasons? Has to do, I believe, with sound quality. Yeah, I mean, I don't have all the geeks, <laughs> but I know, I know, I know you get more bit depth or whatever it is. Yeah, more more <laughs> bit as as I understand it from um Twice as many pe- bits. people who are more involved in that the uh the bit rate is, is essentially double what you would get through other production companies and it's because graphic audio is in the business of producing movies for the mind and that involves music and lots of other things. So it's recorded at a bit rate that's a lot more like music than just a straight audio production. So if well, you really want to get the most out of it, um the graphic audio version is a way to go. Michael, I'm stepping all over you. What are you trying to say here? <laughs> It's because you have the better microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said it's, I believe it's at 320 bits per second. Nice. It's massive. It's yes. going to be a large file if you download it, but you will have it in the best it can possibly be. Yeah. But about 30 days after the graphic audio release comes the wide release, and it's available everywhere. So wherever you buy your audiobooks, you will be able to get uh, the Criterion Gambit graphic audio editions. And... It sounds like they're going to be coming every couple of months. I'm, I don't want to speak for Colleen, but that's kind of what it sounds like. As far as I know, we'll just. I suggest all of the, all of the fans start right now. We had the whole chicken and Pepsi tar and feather <laughs> shortage situation. You guys did it to me. Do it to Graphic Audio. Let's get that eight weeks down to six. Let's move, people. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. <laughs> You can't hurry love, Mike. You cannot hurry love. (laughs) And there is nowhere to go from that but to say thank you very much for listening to Behind the Fiction. Thank you to Colleen Delaney and Michael Anderley. Colleen, uh, for you and Graphic Audio, just a tremendous production of Death Becomes Her, and we cannot wait to hear the rest of the series. Thank you so much.